You're listening to NPR Music's coverage of the Newport Folk Festival. To find more concert coverage, including interviews, photographs, and blog posts, go to npr.org slash newportfolk. Thank you. I was once offered a job to sing the Star Spangled Banner at a car race in California, and I was rehearsing it, practicing. All the way down. Because that, if you, there's only one key that most people, most people can't sing the Star Spangled Banner at all. I thought you said there wasn't going to be any of that. Is it the hat rim? Okay. And so we uh, <clears throat> were practicing the Star Spangled Banner all the way down the road, and I found what key I could do it in. And they said I had to sing the Star Spangled Banner and then say, Gentlemen, start your engines. <laughs> That's going to be a real gas. I'd never been to a car race, <coughs> except when I was driving. <laughs> On the way to gigs and things, things like that, it's rather, rather like that. Except it's a little safer when you're doing it in a car race because you know the other drivers. And you're liable to you know, know, know their habits and stuff. So uh, I had three days to practice it, and then somewhere around uh, a gig finally ended up the day before the race, right nearby at Monterey. I found out uh, what to do, because it's a very difficult song, and I really didn't feel very sure about this. And I thought, well, what I'm going to do is I'll say... Gentlemen, start your engines, and then I'll sing the stars. <laughs> but I found out that they must have uh, tuned in on me or something, and uh, they hired somebody else, so I didn't have to go there. It's one of the best gigs I ever had. <laughs> what a relief. Yeah. Uh, we're all plugged in now, right? <laughs> A little bit too much juice. Gentlemen, start your Gal I ever have had Said goodbye 
like to make me cry I want to lay down and die Haven't got a nickel, ain't got a lousy dime You don't come back and think I'm gonna lose my mind If you ever come back to stay It's been another brand new day Walking with my baby down by the San Francisco Bay favorite songs uh, uh, wonderful fond memories of good times and great times shared here in, in Newport don't think I ever had a bad time here <laughs> but uh, it's been a few years as you all know and got a couple of grandchildren here today. They're sleeping. Let's not wake them up. <laughs> there. Be 
their style of uh, guitar playing very much. Uh, Mother Maybell Carter was one of his, his guitar picking heroes. And he raved to me about the Carter family. I remember him saying one time that the Carter family had sold more records than Bing Crosby. singing some pretty grim songs that he'd written about horrible things that were happening. 
people getting shot, and, uh, people being cheated. And I love the way he expressed himself in the in the words and the poetry and the, the kind of sarcastic light humor that he used. It wasn't all Miller drummer. And uh, I uh, memorized one of the songs, Hard Traveling, was my favorite. Sang it for years. Can't sing it anymore. I wore it out. Sang it in every bar on Route 40. And I got back in New York and I saw Woody again and sang Hard Traveling with him at a party and he couldn't remember the words. And I, I was kind of amazed by that, but then I found out he'd written about over 2,000 songs and it's kind of hard to remember some of the words. But they're all written down and they've been recorded. And uh, very much appreciated. I'm trying to tune up with that airplane. Thank you. 
sad news that a dear friend is not doing very well, Mike Seeger, uh, and I'd like to sing a song that I learned from uh, a woman that was very close to Mike's family, and she was living in their house, and her name was Elizabeth Cotton, and she played the guitar <laughs> left-handed. Played upside down, left-handed on a right-handed instrument. And I, I learned how to finger pick from uh, Libba Cotton when I visited the Seeger family down there in Maryland one day. She wrote a song called Freight Train, Freight Train Going So Fast. And I sang it over in England uh, one day, and uh, somebody tape recorded it, and. I learned it, and they recorded the song and claimed that they wrote it and opened up a coffee bar. Uh, I think they, they called it the Freight Train Coffee Bar with all the money that they won from stealing Lippa Cotton's song. I remember uh, Pete Seeger wrote me a letter. I tried to get it uh, notarized by some law people over there. To uh, you know, stating that I learned the song from Libba Cotton in 1951, and this was taking place in 1955 when they stole the song. But that was uh, not the first or the last time that they've had some great train robberies over a few notes and a few words of music.
freight train runs so fast. Freight train, freight train runs so fast. Don't tell 'em what train I'm on, so they won't know what route I've gone. When I die, just bury me deep down at the foot of old Chestnut Street. Try and take my picture while I'm singing. It kind of distracts the crowd, and it makes me forget all the words to songs that I've been trying to learn for 50 years. And they're paying me a lot of money to come here. I don't know how some of you camera people, you don't have ears. You got eyes, you don't have ears, huh? Please don't be. I'd be glad to pose for photographs out in the parking lot, naked on a bucking horse, rolling a cigarette. song from New Orleans. I went down to New Orleans, ran into a banjo player down there named Billy Fair. One of the only songs I ever wrote was about going to New Orleans. Unfortunately, I can't sing it anymore. It's it's about 14 minutes long. It's uh, called the 912 Greens. It took place at 912 Toulouse Street, uh, where Billy Fair was living at that time. Don't deny my name 
Another, another fond memory I have of playing here at Newport one of the early years back in 1963, I think it was, the first time that Mississippi John Hurt came north and he was discovered by uh, a fellow from Boston who was a photographer, as a matter of fact, but he had, he had eyes and he had ears and he liked music. And he didn't just come to photograph the music, he liked to listen to it. And uh, John Hurt had some very inexpensive guitar. It was all he could afford. He's been playing this thing for many years down in Mississippi. And he had this uh, old guitar, and he saw my Martin, and he liked it. And I was showing it to him, and he asked me if, if, uh, if I would mind letting him strum on a little bit. And sure, I was thrilled, and I let him play my guitar. He said, would you, uh, would you let me play this on stage? And I said, I'd be very honored, Mr. Hurd, if you would play my guitar. So he says, uh, he says thank you. He says, 
if uh, if the if they calls me first, you give it back to me. If they calls you first, I'll give it back to you. I said, what'd you say? <laughs> I was very proud. The first time he played at Newport, he played on my Martin guitar. It wasn't this one, it was another one. Another, another Martin I used to have. D28. Tim Harden, and he wrote some wonderful songs, and later I met him in California, and uh, we got to be friends, and they were having an airplane strike. In fact, they sent Peter Yarrow out there to get Tim Harden and me on an airplane, because it was very difficult to get reservations on flights at that time, and so George Ween sent Peter out there just to pick me and Tim up and take us right down to the airport and flew back with us to Newport that year. I forget what year that was. And uh, I learned to sing one of his songs. Uh, I never learned to do it to his satisfaction. He always looked at me, he looked like Ludwig von Beethoven when I was singing his song, Carpenter. If I were a carpenter. wooden boats. That's one of the reasons I'd like to come here, as a matter of fact. And this is for my old Fred Fudd, my old friend Fudd Benson, who's a great fiddle player and pipe smoker and sailor and calligraphy. Is he here? Are you here, Fudd? If I were a carpenter Would you marry me? 
anyway Would you have my baby If a tinker were my dream Would you still find me Carrying the pots I mean Follow close behind me Save your love through loneliness Won't you save my love for sorrow I've given you my loneliness Work my hands in wood. Would you still love me? You answer me, babe. Yes, I would. But how about you, but me? Carpenter, you were a lady. Would you marry me anyway? Would you care, my baby? Tim Hart. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I used to have a dog for a road manager. His name was Caesar. He could drive a car. I didn't teach him to drive. I, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I, that's irresponsible. Teach a dog to drive. He learned from watching me. an automatic it's a pretty easy car for a husky dog husky dogs are just born drivers this was Caesar's favorite song and of course he, as road manager he was you know his job was to 
get me to the gig on time. Then he was free to do as he pleased, and he'd be, I don't know what he was doing. He was hanging out in the back, maybe walking around, shaking hands with people, bumming steaks. I, but when they hear the opening strains of this song, Old Shep, he'd stop whatever he's doing. He'd come up on the stage right beside me. He'd plunk himself down on the stage and put his chin down on his front paws, close his eyes, and just uh, listen to the song. And then at the end, he'd kind of get up and yawn and stretch and walk off and stole the show. I had to stop singing old shit. <laughs> Nora Guthrie's here.
very much. Sure have enjoyed being back here in beautiful, beautiful Newport by the sea. Cisco Houston used to sing. Thanks for mentioning it. I ain't going to do it, but I will sing Diamond Joe. Well, I'd like to sing this uh, for my friend Ian Tyson, who didn't teach it to me. Actually, I taught it to him. I learned this from a cowboy in a uh, rodeo in Brussels, Belgium in 1958 fellow named George Williams who's still punching cattle Meat I couldn't chaw 
And he drove me near distracted with the wagging of his jaw Oh, the telling of his stories I aim to let you know There never was a rounder That lied like Diamond Times to quit him, boys. But he did argue so. But I'm still punching cattle in the pay of Diamond Joe. And when I'm called up yonder and it comes my time to go. To my buddy just love to clap because it kind of creates a cool breeze up here. I like it. I'm kind of a windy guy myself. That's what I love, love about all these sailboats being propelled by the wind and not burning any uh, fuel or anything. The wind is still free. One of the only things that is free anymore. They even charge for air at gas stations. I'm going to try this other bottle of supposed water here. I know it isn't gin. Ah, thank you, thank you. Here's a song that I learned off a Bob Dylan record one time when I was snowed up in a mountain cabin in Pennsylvania. Couldn't get the door open for three days. It was a big blizzard. And we had plenty of firewood. And we had a refrigerator full of venison. And a bottle of Cuddy Sark. With the square rigger and the clipper ship on the label. And a Bob Dylan record. <laughs> Sat and listened to that record for three days. And... Learned a song, learned a new song, and usually it takes me about three months to learn a new song, but there was nothing to do but just listen to that record over and over again and eat a little venison, put another log on the fire. And after three days, ah, that's the man I want to see. We finally got the door open, it uh, warmed up, snow melted. And we got in my Bell telephone truck, which was my motorhome at that time, which is a phrase I stole from Latin and Hopkins at that time. 
A man named Leighton was very much aware of time. And he had a way of saying that one phrase that I just uh, fell in love with at that time. And so every time I have occasion to speak it, I think of Lightning Hopkins and that time at the Ash Grove in Kalahoochee. And uh, I learned this new song, and so uh, we went into Unork Titty, and they were having this uh, <laughs> open mic at the Gaslight, and it was Mississippi John Hurt's week there, but Monday was his night off, and they would have open mic. And uh, all the usual crowd was assembled there. Uh, Dave Van Ronk was there, and Peter Lafarge, and... Peter and Paul were there. Mary was out shopping, I think. <laughs> and, uh, and a couple of uh, unidentified tourists from New Jersey. And Bob was there, the author of the song. The place was full. It only held about 40 people. It was a small room, that gaslight. So I figured, well, I'll sing my new song that I just learned off the Bob Dylan record. So I started singing, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right. And Bob stood up in the aisle. I, could, I recognized him by his uh, halo. And uh, he waved his arm at me and he said, Hey, Lisa, do you take? I said, What'd you say? He says, I relinquish it to you, Jake. I relinquish it to you. I've never had nothing relinquished to me before. <laughs> so I just uh, sang the song and been singing ever since. Hope you like it.